You are now listening to the mind of John. My thoughts invade your thoughts don't necessarily reflect the views of Spotify. Your discretion to the boundaries of the imagination are advised. Care to share which we dare? Just click the link in the description and hit reply or voice your thoughts in now, John. Welcome podcasters, this is Ethan and John Podcast. My name is John. You made it to Friday. Congratulations. Hey, a couple things we've made some changes for you in the first portion of this. Each episode is now has a direct link in the description that'll take you to the direct episode that you can interact with simply by hitting reply or drop your voice feedback by clicking the link broadcast to podcast. This makes things unique and personalized for each experience so we can get your live feedback as we move forward. There's going to be a new microphone that's going to be arriving rather shortly, um, possibly hopefully improving the audio quality since I've been using this Bluetooth in the car. A direct lapel might actually give me better quality for you, which I'll have to test overall. Now, this particular episode is very unique in the sense that it is being brought to you from the community of System76, also known as Pop OS. Linux to be, you know, it's not as hard as everyone makes it out to be. It's actually simple, right out of the box. And that's what Pop! OS community has made very super crystal clear, is it just works. And it really does just work. Simple as can be. Yes, I am a long-term Windows user for more than 30 plus years. And I'll be the first to say that I was really nervous to make the jump, but due to the ongoing lovely aspects of Blue Screen of Death, personally for me, that was a no-brainer of exhaustion. And you've experienced this before. Every Tuesday, Microsoft will release what's called Patch Tuesday. This was their opportunity to fix the glitch throughout the week that they were experiencing from feedback of users who were frustrated with the general crashing of drivers and other nonsense to be. And quite frankly, let's be honest with each other. If you told me my car would crash every few days of using it simply because of an incompatibility, would you actually convince yourself to drive that car? No. No, I don't think you would. And that's the kind of predictability that we're all experiencing nowadays, because we really don't know from time to time what is going to happen. Is the system going to work, or is it going to simply crash? It's an unknown variable. And, you know, quite frankly, it's gotten to a point of exhaustion. We don't know when we're coming or going. So, Really, it was only a matter of time before something simpler came about. And you know that old thing where people would say, but it's not one that's compatible. That's a crutch. That's no longer a viable response. Yes, there are some minor things that may not be compatible. We're talking about legacy products from way back when. You're going to still have to use some kind of virtual experience in order for that to operate in the sense that you're trying to uh, resolve. Case in point, if you're trying to use 3D Movie Maker, which was designed by Microsoft in the years of Windows 95, absolutely going to run into a headache because that is older type system that is not recognized by bottles and or uh, steam. 
because of the dependencies that Windows was using back then, there were a lot of missing DLL files that would give it instructions or maybe some more advanced features that the developers thought were not necessary to bring over past Windows XP. So yes, there will be some drawbacks you will experience, but there's easy super solutions for those set issues. Uh, automatically right out the gate, you can get virtualization in a very small little download. You have QEMI, which is Q-U-E-M-I, or U-M-E, U-Q-E-M-U. There is, of course, VirtualBox, and there's one called Boxes. Now, Boxes is really small and easy to use. Its overall purpose is to point the ISO to its source, but it can also download practically every version of Linux built into its path. You just have to scroll down the list to find one that meets your needs, and then it'll install it. It has the ability to auto-adapt itself. In other words, it knows, based on what the ISO says, what the system is you're trying to install. So it pre-configures all that data. It knows the amount of drive space it's going to take. It knows the amount of memory recommended. Then it knows all these little details so that when you hit to start the virtual machine, boom, there it is in its simplest form. However, although in its simplest form, you can hit that little screen to go full screen, some systems may not like full screen in that virtual mode. A pure example would be the open source movement of Windows, which I'm going to edit this part later. There. Uh, it has like a, a mid-screen that it opens into. And when it does that, it may not look, you know, the high quality you want it to be. So how to get around that? Well, you can either use VirtualBox if you configure it all correctly with all the right settings, or you can use the other option, and that's simply to open the Pop Shop, which is Pop OS's App Store, and type in the word virtual. You'll see one of the descriptions is the one for Queeming. I I may be spelled this wrong. But when you type in the word virtual, it will bring up a list of applications you can pick from. And Wimi is one of them that you can push on. Once it's installed, it is pulling it from Flatpak. Now, the other thing is, the team made sure to make this as simple as can be. It is able to install the Debian files.deb, but at the same time, you can absolutely search within the pop shop any application you want if it's already there and it's part of the flat pack community then it appears on the list you simply click to install and it's downloading it directly from flat pack and installing it right in the gui and that makes it simple because everything that flat pack and snap do is what we call a sandbox it's a secure environment away from the operating system that prevents massive crashing. I'll say that again. Everything that's done in the virtual environment 
is Sandbox for your protection and ease of mind. Now I will remind you, when you use virtualization, you are using a portion of your dedicated drive space that you had on your hard drive for those apps to work. Case in point, if you decide to install any virtual application, such as Windows, Mac OS, another Linux flavor, whatever the case is, that is physically using that storage that you set aside for that feature. So it's deducted from your available usage. Keep that in mind. This is a common misconception. I always thought, but I'm not using all of that memory as of this moment. Uh, No, no, no. You allocated it. If you allocated 40 gigs of drive space, you basically subtracted 40 gigs of drive space from your hard drive. It's allocated for that virtual environment. You can't touch it. Sorry. So if you only have a 150 gig hard drive and Linux is already running a good portion of it, you've already set that aside. So remember that. It's not a virus. It's not an infection. It's dedicated space. Something I had to learn along the way. Alright, back to the flat pack. So when you install the applications, they just work. Everything works smooth for the most part. I say for the most part. Because the flat packs and the snaps are updated through the distribution process of your updates. If you're actually doing the physical update because it's downloaded that application in, it's going to pull that update in its remote download. When basically you're going to get a notification at the top of your screen where the date is. If you tap it, it will give you your information that says an update is available. This is going to install the core of the system of Pop! OS, but it's also going to download all the little plugins and features and services that you've added along the way through the GUI. If you do it this way, it's all handled through the back end, and it makes it super simple. You, of course, by all means, you can still use the terminal command, sudo. Sudo allows you to install common uh, features and services through that ability. But you can also use the terminal to install Flatpaks and Snapped directly inside of it. Now, if you go to the Snap Store or the Flatpak Store, you can actually search at their website for whatever app or game you're looking for. And then upon that, when you tap it, it'll give the option to click the download for the EP, or it's going to give you the extension for that store, and or it's going to give you a command line. Now, to make it super simple, most of these stores provide a link that says copy. And if you tap it, it automatically copies that entire line for you. Did you know that the copy and paste feature is a little bit different in Linux? Yeah. It still will use the command to copy when you use Control-C, but to paste it, it's a little bit different. You have to do three steps. You have to hold those three keys at the bottom of your keyboard, which I believe, I'll have to play with that again, might be something along the lines of Shift, Control, and Alt. No. 
shift control in V to paste, shift control in C to copy. Anyways, it takes a little bit of effort to remember those steps. And if you forget it, when you're in terminal, the paste command doesn't work because you're not holding the command. You can navigate through the menu to figure out the paste command. But if you get into the, you know, familiarization to hold the control, the shift, and the V, it will paste that that terminal command right there in your screen for you. Now, another thing that I noticed, and this is completely a Linux thing, terminal remembers every command you've ever typed. I didn't know this. This was a surprise to me. Every single command you physically type is actually in the memory of terminal. I'll prove it. If you've typed anything in there recently, open it and simply push up. There's your commands. It remembered them. I am guessing somewhere there's some kind of file storing that data in the operating system. I don't remember ever seeing this ability in Windows. Do you? No. No, that would have been nice if PowerShell did that. But hey, if I'm wrong, which it wouldn't be at first, by all means, let me know. Anyhow, so that makes it super convenient. Rather than having to type out a command over and over and over and over and over and over, there it is. Your sudo get dash update space upgrade. This is the command that allows you to pull the update by force for Pop! OS. Or if you choose upgrade, this is the command that would tell Pop! OS to look for the newest version of Pop! OS to download. There's several commands that you can actually input in there. But as I said, sudo does basically most of the work for you. Now, as you travel through the world of Terminal, I will put a word of caution. Certain commands that you input might cause a diverse reaction. If it's going to be harmful to you, Pop! OS will give you a major nag screen to warn you you're about to make a critical system change. Critical in the sense that it could cripple the system that if you do something entirely wrong. But they give you multiple chances to correct this before you proceed by making you type out a whole command and a verbal agreement that says, I understand, I want to do this type of thing. That's really helpful as a reminder, because what if you weren't, you know, alert in the sense of what the hell you were doing? But this little phrase that you're having to type exactly verbatim is getting you alert to the fact that, hey, I'm about to do a dumb, stupid thing that could break my experience. Am I really sure this is what I want to do? That moment <laughs> that they're giving you might help you in the long term because you're going to take that second and research what you are about to do for a brief moment to see if there's been some side effects that could harm the experience. You know, from the very beginning, I've always taught my kids, if you're not sure if something is about to have a really bad impact to you, it's best to check the feedback from the community. And what I mean by that is, 
same, for instance, Play Store, Apple OS. They, their App Store, both of them, always release updates for apps and games. If you're one of the brave, crazy people, <laughs> I say that religiously, if you are a brave, crazy person that allows automatic updates, that means regardless of your input or decision ability, that version is going to automatically install in your said phone or computer. That could be a blessing and a curse all in one. If you're not familiar with the outcome of this, in the past, Play Store consistently released the updates from the developers of the, the, the games that were created in hopes to give you a new feature or a new level. Sometimes that update would break something. And when that happens, you're left with a broken shell or the inability to enjoy the product because certain features are not working correctly. Perfect example. There's a game on the Play Store called Relic Run. It was entirely Play Store driven for Tomb Raider, Warcraft. The game would constantly be issued an update to provide new levels of play. And every time it would come out, something new would get broken. Now it got to a point that the app was not being repaired fast enough. So the community would unload in the comments this was working up until this last update. Now, if Square Onyx was reading that information when those responses were coming through, they would have had the opportunity to figure out that something was wrong in the code that was making the game unstable. Naturally. This meant that, in this particular circumstance, the game would load and run for probably to level 64 or 52. It depended on the hardware of the machine that was installed upon. So it either would be laggy or freeze. Now because cloud saving was not possible anymore for this game, if there was a bad experience and something got damaged along the way, your game progress was wiped out. Remember that little detail. It's important. Because that situation would occur frequently, one of the common things that a developer would always tell the client would be to uninstall and reinstall with a fresh copy. Originally, the only cloud restoration we had was through Play Store and through Facebook. Facebook closed that developer account so it no longer recognizes it. Until a recent update was issued late last year. So that cloud saving ability was, you know, wiped. And naturally, because that occurred, 
some have, you know, abandoned that said application because they don't want to start over multiple times. I got a little sidetracked. The way that flat packs and snapped work for you is hugely beneficial because although they are designed for that store, everyone can benefit from it, even if their system did not out-of-the-box support it, all you have to do is go to that such store, whether it be Flatpaks or Snap SMJTD, and then, you know, find the instruction for your distro flavor, and find out how simple it is to put in the terminal command to install support for that store to work for your machine. It's not really that hard. Now, from my own abilities and experiences, I chose Pop! OS for its simple design. It just works. You'll find that it works so well that the printer that you have, that you used to fight with... No, you don't give me that. You know what I'm saying. When you would connect a printer to your network, you were given these things called installation disks. Pop the sucker in, follow the instructions, register, give up your firstborn, DNA testing, God knows what else. It was a lot of work. Not only that, but you had to go through a slew of processes in order for the system to identify it. So now with Pop OS. If you've already linked your printer through the Wi-Fi through its interface on the printer, Pop! OS already saw it. The, the minute you installed Pop! OS and it's connected to the same Wi-Fi network that that printer is on, Pop! OS automatically identified it, linked it, installed it, and it's ready to go out of the box. Don't believe me? Go to your settings. Click the word printer. There it is. Oh, and there's scanner software already built in, too. So you can scan copies of paper directly from in Pop! OS. Get out of the box. Yeah, just like that. Your experiences will be different upon everything. But you also find, you know, for your easy access, LibreOffice is already installed for you. And it automatically updates all by itself. You don't have to do anything. You simply just open it. They really did think of everything for you. Literally everything. From the pop shop, to the printer, to the navigation. If you even wanted to, there's a little tip. By default, your tray is at the bottom of your screen in the middle. You can move it left to right if you wanted to. This is in the settings. Simply hit the one that says dock. And under appearance at the right bottom of the screen, this is the message that shows that it's in the middle. Choose left or right. Can't put it at the top as of yet. I'm sure there's been feedback into Pop! OS as a really requested feature to move it to the top. But as of right now, that ability is not set available. 
you can change the colors from light to dark. I like it in dark. That's just me. It's easier on my eyes. Firefox is the default browser. But guys, you can get Chrome if you want it. Oh, it's more simpler than you think. And it'll be in the page that I gave you at the beginning of this podcast. If you go to the website, chrome.com slash... Oh, no. Scratch that. Google.com slash Chrome. This takes you to the Chrome download page. Since it automatically knows you're in a Linux environment, you will see that there is a download available for DEP. DEB. Deb. <laughs> Deb for Debian. Get it? Great. So the Debian installer is actually going to run something called Eddie. Eddie is going to help you install this application for you, which is going to initiate the Chrome installer. There you go. Now you have Chrome on top of your distro. Full version. It's all glory. And this version is coming directly from Google, so therefore it's the stable version for you. The benefits, you're getting the best experience, same as a Windows user. How'd you like that? We're going to take a break. And I'll probably add adjustments to this little episode. Back to the few. Welcome back. You're still listening to the Ethan and John podcast. This is John. We're picking up where we left off. A quick retract. I wanted to remind you that the term that I gave you for open windows is actually not the name of the project. It goes by the name of React OS. If you're familiar with React OS, it's an NT kernel based off NT4, NT5. So it kind of resembles, in my opinion, Windows 2000. Now, that said... There's only two colors that it currently uses. That is black and blue. It doesn't really have too many colors to pick from. Yeah. I'm going to test the theory later on. I have to check the group to see if they've dabbled in this before. But here's my thinking. If React OS is physically using the NT-type kernel, it is possible. It's physically possible to install Crystal XP as an overlay. If my theory is correct, Crystal XP would give it additional colors and change the theming to make it right on par with Windows XP, which, as we all know, is like in T6, which was still using the NT kernel at this point. So it's a possibility. It's it's not completely tested. It's a theory. I, I seem to be doing a lot of that lately. Where curiosity gets the best of me and I just want to see if it'll work. And it was the reason that I originally pushed 
uh, Big Fish Games client inside of bottles just to see if I could. And it paid out really well because I was able to start playing some additional games that I didn't have access to before. So this is kind of like one of those curiosity things. Can I, should I, will I, definitely. I'm going to check the group to see if they've already tried this. If not, I will seek out the application, install it, and I will definitely give you my feedback on the uh, podcast to tell you how did it go. Because by all means, I mean, if I can give the little group a little bit of a nudge, why not? Each year they make a little more progress. But as I said, it's a curiosity point. I enjoyed the application when I was an XP user myself, but I was always trying to push its limitations. How far could I go? Uh, now that's interesting. Sorry, I had traffic. <laughs> You're part of my drive, so keep that in mind. There might be a moment where I just kind of lapse off for just a few seconds. And, you know, I did go back and listen to the entire recording that I had made from Friday's episode. And it sounds pretty decent. So I'm actually not going to edit it out. I might add this segment that I'm actually recording now, which is today, Monday, from when I originally made the first recording. So there this might be an overlap, but that's okay. Anyways, I will keep you informed on how React OS can. And if you want to definitely take a look at it and look at this, whether it be in a virtual machine or try to sell it on one of your device systems, I will have that link in the comments. Now, obviously since I'm more of a newcomer to the whole Linux environment, I will be including a link to uh, a group that I've actually been learning some of the techniques and steps along the way, and that is it's FOSS. They've been doing an astounding job giving you tutorials on all the different flavors that are out there, so I'm definitely going to encourage you to take a look at the content that they've created for you, which has additional screenshots, how-to guides, and a bunch of other amazing things. So that will be included on the main page from the link inside the podcast itself or on that later. Alright, so as we talked about before between Creamy and Boxes, you can run virtualization really super simple inside of Pop! OS. It is really clear-cut and simple. It just works. That's pretty the motto from the very beginning of Pop! OS in its simplest form can be. Now, release that's currently there is the stable version, so naturally each time there is a revision, you are notified to download that update, and all is great. If you are wanting to go on the bleeding cutting edge like myself, and you just can't leave good enough alone, you can easily go to the beta page of Pop! OS, the GitHub, and download the forced update through the terminal command that in the page as well. I, of course, will put a huge caution out there. Beta users, you know better. It is going to be buggy. Things will be kind of slippery. And there will be moments where you might want to, you know, 
Yep. Hit and dump the system and refresh. You always have that as an option, but you know, in their defense, all beta software, there is a disclaimer in the fine print. Product is not to be used as your primary driver. Should not be considered your only line of defense. The reason for that is because things can go squirrely. It's to be expected. Bye! Not sinking otherwise. Know that. Even though I knew the warnings, I did dive directly into the beta. And you know, in many aspects, it is really smooth. It's running really well for me and my games. And I'm part of a big fish client. They're doing great. So, I'm almost done with K-West. I could not convince myself to uninstall and reinstall uh, back to the original version of Pop! OS. Because I was afraid to lose my progress. So, no, that's just not good. I think, for the most part, we've covered a great deal of information for you. And as I said, I don't want to take too much away from the work that others have done before myself. I am going to provide a direct link in the podcast that you can click through, and it will take you directly to the tutorial of its Voss. And that way you can get all the information you want to know about each distro that is available, or flavor, however you want to call it, that's right for you. I've dealt with Fedora, I've dealt with Pop! OS, I dabbled in Zorn, and I think I even played along a little bit with Elementary. But these guys have been at it for years. So, I would definitely encourage you to go through it. If you're curious, click on one you want to learn about and see the differences to find out which is a match for you. Don't take my word for it. See it for yourself. Well, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Ethan John Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed your experiences. We look forward to next time. This has been episode 9. It just works. We'll see you next time. And thanks again for listening here on the Ethan John Podcast. Take care.